Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. everybody hope you're staying safe out there welcome to the first edition of the back row texans podcast brought to you by back row sports network i'm your host branson thomas and i'm here to talk all things houston texans football with this podcast we'll talk free agency the draft off-season stuff and as we get closer to the regular season we'll throw in fantasy relevant content as well i'm a big fantasy guy so i gotta throw that in I'm also going to open it up to questions from you guys. So give me a follow on Twitter at BackRowTexans or at BransonThomas. So send me any questions you guys have, football-related or not, and I'll be sure to answer them in upcoming podcasts. So in this episode, you'll find a little bit about me, my love for the Texans, and then we're really just going to jump right into it. Being that I'm starting this podcast a little late in terms of the offseason, We have a lot of catching up to do, and as Texan fans, you know it's been an interesting one so far. So I grew up in Central Texas most of my life, and I was 12 when the Houston Texans uh, became a team. Uh, So right away, I I jumped all in and have been a fan ever since. Uh, Pretty diehard one at that. But since then, I have moved up to Minnesota but my fandom has not died down at all. If anything, it has grown with the distance now being greater. And I definitely love talking smack when I get the chance to all of these Vikings fans up here. So this coming season, when we play each other, it's going to be a fun one. Just wait for that podcast. I'll apologize now to my wife, but On that day, my two-year-old daughter will definitely be dressed in red, white, and blue, and not that purple and gold crap. All right, let's jump into free agency so far this season. Your Texans have spent most of the offseason taking care of their own. We have signed extensions for punter Brian Anger and defensive tackle Brandon Dunn earlier in the year. They've also re-signed several players that would have been or were free agents that played with us last year. They've re-signed most of their defensive backfield from last year, uh, including Vernon Hargraves, whom the team cut earlier in the offseason, and Philip Gaines, both of which signed one-year deals with the team, you know, to kind of prove it deal with them. They also re-signed cornerback Bradley Roby to a three-year $36 million deal. Uh, He was by far the best cornerback for the Texans last year. While I think that may be a little pricey uh, for what I wanted to spend, it was definitely needed, um, and I'm glad they brought him back. And hopefully he performs at the same level or a little better than he did the last year. Also on defense, the Texans re-signed linebacker Terrell Adams, who contributes mostly on special teams, but did a nice job filling in when 
Benardrick McKinney was out for two games last year. With shoring up special teams being the theme of the offseason so far, the Texans re-signed their primary kick-slash-punt returner and backup wide receiver DeAndre Carter. Uh, he was one of the league's top returners last year, so hopefully you know, he's right back up there again this coming year. Um, they also re-signed kicker Kaimi Fairbairn to a four-year deal, a little over $17 million, uh, giving them some stability in the kicking game. You know, he started off last year struggling a little bit uh, with extra points, but he was solid the final 10 games of the regular season. Uh, Fun fact, the Texans have only had two long snappers in their entire history, and they're going to keep that going by re-signing their longest tenured Texan in John Weeks. He's a leader in the locker room and a constant on the field. I mean, last year he played through an ankle injury the last couple weeks. With these moves, the Texans have locked in their main specialist for the upcoming seasons. There are also a few that they re-signed off the offensive side of the ball. Uh, starting with backup quarterback A.J. McCarron, he'll be back with the team. You know, he's a solid backup and a good voice inside the locker room, in the QB room. Uh, he's been with the team ever since Watson was drafted and has served as a decent backup to him. He's very capable of leading the offense if he's needed, and... He did a really good job last year coming in against Tennessee and, you know, Houston didn't start any of their starters. He came in, drove all the way down, got the team's first opening drive touchdown of the year and almost beat the Tennessee Titans by himself. Another re-signee of the Texans is one of Watson's biggest weapons last year um, in tight end Darren Fales. He inked a two-year deal ensuring Houston has one of its biggest red zone targets back for the season. Fells caught a franchise record of seven touchdowns for the tight end position. I mean, he's been mostly a blocker throughout his entire career, but hopefully for the Texans' sake, you know, all of a sudden this offensive output that has come upon him is, you know, now the new norm. And then their last re-signee is swing tackle Roderick Johnson. Uh, they got him for a one-year deal for $1.75 million. Now, this was a big need. Uh, they need that backup tackle position, and depth on the line is always good. You know, he played all 16 games last year, started three of them, and did pretty well for us. Uh, I was a big fan of him, you know, last preseason before we got Tunzel. Uh, I honestly thought he might end up starting at the tackle position. You know, as you know, we brought in Tunzel, and he got the backup role. And with Howard coming back healthy this year, he's going to be stuck in that backup role. Hopefully it stays that way anyways, because if he is starting, that means one of our top two are injured. Now on to the other free agent signings that we got from teams around the league. For more offensive line depth, the Texans signed Brent Coyvale, which I'm probably butchering that. Sorry, Brent. Um, He's been playing with the New York Jets the past six seasons. Uh, He's probably going to come in and primarily play guard for us. He used to play for our new offensive line coach, Mike Devlin, when he was up in New York. Uh, So there's the connection there. You know, it's a one-year deal, and we desperately need depth at the position, so there's little downside in bringing this in. If anything, you know, it's another lineman to compete for a job and we can get rid of him if it doesn't pan out. To stay on the offensive side of the ball, Houston's uh, probably biggest free agent signing this year was wide receiver Randall Cobb. 
Um, he was with the Cowboys last season and uh, was with the Packers prior to his tenure there. It's a three-year deal worth $27 million. He's not brought in to be DeAndre Hopkins' backup. Let me repeat myself. He wasn't brought in to be DeAndre Hopkins' backup. Trust me, we'll go down the DeAndre Hopkins role here in a little bit, so don't worry about that. He's brought in to be a sure hand inside guy. You know, he's there to replace Kiki QT's position because, let's face it, QT hasn't panned out since we drafted him in 2018. He'll be a good veteran presence in the locker room, which is always a good thing. And personally, I, I like this, this acquisition. I don't, however, think we should have paid $27 million for him. But, you know, we have the cap space, whatever. It's it's a done deal at this point. I think he's going to be a catch machine this year for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he'll probably rely on him quite heavily. Last year with the Cowboys, he got 55 catches for 828 yards and three touchdowns and played in all but one regular season game. So you have that stability factor knowing he's probably going to be there day in and day out. With the history of our wide receivers, we need somebody there that's, well, going to be there. With what else that has transpired this offseason, I'm predicting Cobb's going to have over 90 catches this year and well over 1,000 yards. Uh, probably around eight touchdowns as well. We shall see at the end of the season if I was right or wrong. Now on the defensive side of the ball, we signed a pair of safeties. First being Jalen Watkins who was formerly with the L.A. Chargers, uh, to a two-year deal for $3 million. He's mainly coming in to be an impact on special teams and just add some depth to the defensive backfield. You know, he's done decent against the run, but kind of struggles in coverage, so he'll stick to that role for now. The other is Eric Murray from Cleveland. Uh, he'll serve as the third safety behind Justin Reed and Deshaun Gibson. He's a versatile back, played in the slot some last year for Cleveland as well. I think he only played nine games, but he had 24 tackles, a pass defended, and a sack. Fortunately, his contract comes in at $20.5 million over three years, so it's not cheap, and hopefully he plays up to that uh, contract. Otherwise, it's going to be a burden for Houston next year with a growing list of contracts we're trying to get taken care of. That's it so far as of March 30th. Um, and moving on from there, let's talk about some of the guys that are not going to be coming back to Houston this year. Taiwan Jones, as most of you remember, his one big play he had last year for us against Buffalo in the playoffs. And don't get me wrong, it was an amazing play and helped us win the game, obviously. Um, but that's really all he did for us. He's been in the year, league nine years or so and just hasn't really panned out for him. Uh, but he's going to Buffalo. Barkevius Mingo was one of the guys we got in our trade with Seattle for Clowney. Uh, he is going to Chicago. Um, I do know that Houston did try to bring him back, but he chose the Bears instead. Um, and then the last one that's for sure going somewhere else is DJ Reader, which I loved him last year. I loved him ever since he was drafted. I really wanted him back in Houston, but not for what Cincinnati offered him. I'm uh, really proud of you. Good luck to you. Hope you live up to your contract, bud. It's a hell of a deal.
There's also a couple that still haven't landed on any teams yet, such as Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde. I know we offered Hyde a deal, and he declined it, wanted to test free agency. I'm sure at this point he's wishing he had accepted it, but I think we've moved on from him. Um, and then Jonathan Joseph, you know, one of my favorite Texans, uh, probably our best free agent acquisition in franchise history uh, coming over from Cincinnati back in the day. Hopefully he finds a team, if not comes back with us. And at the minimum, I'd love for him to come back and be on the coaching staff. I think he would do amazing. And I do believe that's going to be his, his long-term plan uh, once he is done playing. Uh, but I know he, he still wants to play this next year. So we'll see where that goes, and I wish him the best. Now, before we get into the whole Hopkins ordeal, let's name a couple players I think Houston should at least take a look at and consider bringing in um, on one-year deals. You've got, you know, Marcus Golden. Houston really needs an edge rusher, and, you know, he'd be pretty cheap and throw him in there every once in a while. Doesn't have to be an every-down player, but he can still get to the quarterback. Um, same thing with Everson Griffin. He's a solid player. He's getting up there in age, but, you know, you bring him in for a one-year deal, and, and see what you get out of it. And on the back side of the defense, you could throw in Logan Ryan as a potential candidate. You know, it's always fun to take other players from within your division, bring him over from the Titans, um, but he would instantly come in and be a starter for a cornerback for the team. A uh, solid player, and personally, I think it'd, it'd be a great move as long as it's not too expensive. Another position we need is defensive tackle. Say, bring in like a Mike Daniels or a Shelby Harris. Um, you know, I know there's rumors out there right now of Damon Snacks Harrison out of Detroit. He'd fill up that role quite nicely. You know, good run blocker, gets double teamed a lot. You know, would really, really help the team um, in that aspect. And you might be able to get him on a cheaper deal since he was injured last year. We'll see how it goes, and in upcoming podcasts, we'll talk on whether I got any of these right or not even close. So, And actually, while I was recording this, the Texans signed defensive tackle Timmy Jerrigan, uh, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he's 28, big old dude. Uh, it's going to be a one-year deal worth $3.75 million. Um, if this guy can stay healthy, he's a heck of a defensive tackle. You know, he can clog up the hole. He's great at stopping the run, one of the better ones in the league. But again, he's got to stay healthy. He's coming off back-to-back injury-plagued seasons. Uh, you know, he had uh, underwent back surgery in 2018. Um, and then last year, I believe it was his ankle uh, foot injury. Uh, so he's only played 15 games over the past two years. Um, for the Eagles, including playoffs. Good depth, good defensive tackle. It's going to be a good addition since we did lose DJ. That pretty much sums up all of the offseason stuff the Texans have. You know, nothing really major went down. They kind of played it safe. Um, I did how I had this weird, weird dream that, you know, the Texans traded away their number one wide receiver for an older running back, but that was just a dream. So, wait. That wasn't a dream? You're kidding me. Oh, come on. I mean, seriously, what was Bill O'Brien thinking? You're trading away your number one wide receiver. Deshaun Watson's 
number one weapon. I mean, nobody in the league would argue that he's a top three wide receiver. I will argue that he's the number one wide receiver in the league. You know, he has the best hands. He does still get separation. Um, they did start playing him more on the inside and in the slot, but that was just making him even more of a beast. It's, it's just ridiculous. Okay, so in a world, maybe I can imagine you trading him away in two years, three years, but not right now, and not when what you got back. You sent Hopkins and this year's fourth-round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson, his entire contract, which is a terrible contract, this year's second-round pick for the Cardinals, and next year's fourth-round pick. You mean to tell me you didn't even get a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? Let that sink in. That is absolutely ridiculous. Honestly, I understand this is your first year as GM, Bill O'Brien, but come on. You got floored, and you are the laughingstock of the NFL right now. Literally, everywhere you look, they grade the Cardinals an A-plus for this trade and give the Texans an F. I understand we needed a running back, but you could have waited. You could you could have paid Melvin Gordon for cheaper than you're paying Johnson. You could have waited and paid for Gurley for less than you are paying Johnson. Um, I would have taken Jordan Howard and pair it with a decent running back in the second round. I would have done a lot of things, but trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson? Yes, he wanted a contract uh, pay raise, but still, you can afford to do that right now. You have a ton of cap space, but I, I just don't know what he was thinking. I really don't, and that's the fan in me. When the trade rumors started floating out there that he's on the block, I leaned over to my stepson and said, hey, this is asinine. There's no way this happens. But for the fun of it, this is what I would take. I'd need at least two first-round picks for him, at minimum. That'd be the only way I may feel comfortable. But even then, I don't think I'd want to do it. He's our offensive weapon I don't even know how to explain it. He's important to this team. He helps lead that that wide receiver group in the locker room and on the field. We got nothing back for him, I feel. I mean, look at what the Vikings got for Diggs. They got a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and next year's fourth-round pick. They at least got a first-round pick. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Plus, Hopkins has a couple years left on his contract. So if he was demanding something, the Texans have all the advantage. The new CBA says he can't miss. And if he does, the fines are going to happen starting right away. And they can't get forgiven. So he didn't have much leverage with it. Not that he needed it. Shoot, he's worth paying $20 million a year. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. But it's been two-ish weeks, a little more. So we're going to do something different, and I am going to try to see it from the side of Bill O'Brien. 
try to see it of the side of the Texans and play a little devil's advocate. I may not necessarily agree with it, but it's my job to, to do that and to kind of try to play all sides and angles. So here we go. This was about the money. It was a business decision. There was stuff floating around out there about, you know, his practice habits and stuff like that. But he practiced hard. He played through injuries, but that couldn't have been it. Uh, there was stuff floating around about there about Bill O'Brien and him having a rift or a power struggle. That doesn't seem to be the case. Um, Hopkins has gone out social media and defunct that, said they have a good um, relationship. Obviously, he's going to say that because he's trying to get a contract extension and upgrade with the Cardinals, um, and he's still playing, so he's not going to be going around bashing things. That being said, from the Texan standpoint, he is demanding a raise to up to $20 million a year from his current like $13 million a year. The Texans already made him the highest paid wide receiver in 2017 with his $81 million contract. I want to say he got like $49, $50 million guaranteed. So that put him number one then. And he's been worth every penny of it. You know, he's had to deal with Osweiler, multiple quarterbacks prior to that contract, and then finally gets to Sean Watson and they become a dynamic duo. Well, him wanting more money, I guess... From the Texans' perspective, they don't think he's worth it. They are seeing a slight decline in his numbers, which are true. From the outside, he's not getting the separation. Um, he's not making as many plays, and he's more and more getting pushed into the slot. Last year was his greatest number of snaps in the slot, greatest number of targets, yards, all of that. You don't pay a slot receiver that much money. Um, it just doesn't happen in the NFL that way. And so from their perspective, they don't see him needing to be paid $20 million a year in two years when he's 30. He's only 28 now. He's right in his prime. They're thinking more long term. If you look at the numbers, it can work out where the Texans save money after this next year. You know, this year they're on the hook for $13 million for David Johnson's contract. But in 2021, they could actually cut David Johnson and his $9 million contract and only be only have $2 million in dead cap space, 2.1. So they really would be saving money over this three-year period um, if that is the case, which, let's see... They've got a Larry Tunzel contract coming up. They've got a Deshaun Watson contract coming up. So they need all the space they can get. So financially, it's long-term cap relief. It would actually save them around $20 million over the three-year period. Okay, maybe I understand that. But still, you know. Point number two. DeAndre Hopkins was hurting the development of Deshaun Watson. This, in fact, could help Deshaun by getting rid of Hopkins because he now is not focused on just one receiver. When he'd get in a pinch, all he would do was look Hopkins' way. Don't get me wrong, I'd probably look his way every time, but that's just me. And 
by him looking down Hopkins, other wide receivers were wide open. And there's multiple times you can go back and look at the tape. Fuller's down the field open would have a bomb or a touchdown. But he throws a 10-yard out to Hopkins, and he's looking him down the whole way. He has issues kind of reading the defense a little more because he relies on Hopkins so much. I mean, Kurt Warner has said this uh, in the past multiple times that he thinks DeAndre Hopkins was actually hurting the development of Deshaun Watson. And Kurt Warner knows his stuff, so, you know, maybe I can I can see that. So, as an organization, the Texans chose to get rid of Hopkins for maybe that reason, too. So you throw in the long-term goal of saving money and hoping that Deshaun Watson develops better as a passer as your reasons behind trading DeAndre Hopkins. That's really all I have as playing devil's advocate. Maybe you can see those points. Maybe you don't. I don't know. At this point, it's done. There's nothing we can do about it. We have to move on and hope that it works out. Hopefully, this isn't a sign that the draft is going to be absolutely terrible, but it very well could be. We'll see how Bill O'Brien does. But if you've noticed with almost all of Bill O'Brien's trades that he's done since he's kind of taken over that role, they've all had a player come back. You know, it was he traded away Rankin and got back Carlos Hyde. He traded away picks for David Johnson. He traded away picks for Tunzel and Stills. Traded away picks for Conley. He values players more than picks, and that is the coach in him. That's not GM. GMs value picks for long-term future of the team. And as the coach, you're wanting production now. You're wanting something in return now. You have a much shorter-term goal. He needs to start thinking more in long-term. And who knows? Maybe David Johnson will play up to his contract. That would be amazing. Maybe it's a home run, but honestly, that's probably going to take a thousand, thousand yard season, you know, thousand rushing, thousand receiving. I don't see it happening that way. I do see him over a thousand rushing yards as long as he stays healthy uh, and maybe 500 receiving yards. So he could have a decent year for us, but in order for this to, to go our way, we're going to have to have a slam dunk in the second round. We're going to need to find somebody that right away comes out and produces. So hopefully that is the case for your sake, my sake, the organization's sake. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for us today in this podcast. Uh, Again, I'd like to thank Barker and the rest of Back Row Network for letting me take on the project of the Texans podcast and throwing it out there. And as we continue to do more of these We'll get better and better, and hopefully you enjoy more. Again, you know, reach out to me if you have questions or if you just want to hear me talk about something. Give me a shout, and, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great day, and stay healthy out there. Go Texans!